I always thought the reason I didn't get invited to speak at conferences was because I was working class, but it's because I forget my notes, so I'm up late. Uh, thanks, Sean, for stepping in at the wrong time. Also, I just want to apologise for my emotion earlier on. That wasn't so much about what I was talking about, it was reminiscing on the fact that I used to have hair and was quite slim years ago. So. <laughs> but seriously, let's get back to Ephesians. Uh, chapter 3 verse 1 we need to remind ourselves you don't have to find it in your Bible it's only the first verse I want to look at <laughs> it says for this reason I Paul the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles you see Paul was was a church planter he was a gospel worker he had a church planting ministry to the poor to the unreached and he took risk after risk for this people group he was whipped, he was beaten, he was stoned, he was shipwrecked, he was uh, rejected by his own people, he was held with suspicion by the people he was trying to reach and the people he was trying to help. He gave up security, comfort, a promising career, uh, material comfort, and he exchanged that for poverty, insecurity and suffering. And to top it all off, just as his ministry was really kicking off, he gets arrested and put into jail. Yet even with all these setbacks, Paul never gave up. Paul never quit. And his major backers never failed to support and help him and love him. And most importantly, the gospel thrived while he was doing this. You see, Paul, for the sake of taking the gospel to the Gentiles, to the lost, he risked everything for his job, for his role. He was required to make sacrifices and he made those sacrifices and he was still backed. People didn't look at him and see him as a failure. He was supported. People understood his mission was tough. And like I said earlier, the UK church doesn't have that same mentality. It isn't into taking risks, the type of risks that Paul took. The majority of UK churches and Christian organisations are, like I said, a risk averse. We look for the perfect business models. We recruit entrepreneurs, people who are going to make this thing happen. We see church plants, church plants often in city centres, surrounded by the trendy micro pubs and the, 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 the coffee houses and the, the coffee shops near universities and they're aiming to hit the middle class, the, the students, the young professionals, the influential, the elite. Usually these church plants will start off with a promising prodigy of somebody. He'll have been mentored well. He'll have been to a top class seminary. He'll be slick in the way he presents the gospel. He'll be slick in the way he dresses. He will be advertised on a slick website and with slick promotional material. You see, church plants often start with a safe pair of hands, chosen by an organisation that is managed by people that are a safe pair of hands. And even though this method of church planting fails to reach almost half of the UK's population with the gospel, it is still the favoured model of church planting from church planting organisations, from churches, and from church planters in general. And I'm not saying that we should stop planting this way. I'm not saying that planting this way is wrong. 
because students and professionals who drink monkey poo coffee and drink real air need the gospel as much as the heroin addict on benefits. I'm not saying stop doing this model of church planting. What I'm saying is we can't continue using this as our only model. We need to change the way we think about strategy. We need to think about the way we plant churches and where we plant churches and who it is we're actually trying to reach. Paul says, follow my example as I follow the examples of Christ. If we are serious about reaching the poor in this country, we need to follow the example of Paul. We need to make sacrifice. We need to take risk. We need to risk our comfortable lives for the sake of the lost in this country, which is the working class and the poor. And we need to do this in three stages. We need to do it on a personal level, as Christians, as believers, we need to do it on a local church level and we need to do it on a national strategic level. And these are a few areas of change that I'm going to suggest and I'm going to rush through these areas. I just want people to start thinking about these things. Uh, we can go more depth if you have any questions, ask about them later on. But we need to start taking personal risks. If you were in full-time ministry, even if you're a lay person, maybe you're just an attender of a church, a member of a church, we're all called to ministry. We can make personal risks for the sake of the lost. We need to ask ourselves, are we willing to give up the dream of pastoring a church of 100 or 150 people in favour of pastoring a small church on a council estate of 11 people? Is our dream to have a large church or to have a strategic church in an area where there is no gospel preached. We need to take personal risks. Are we willing to give up the dream of that perfect retirement house in the country in favour of buying a house on an estate or a scheme and joining a small local church? You may be at the time of retirement. You may be ready to pack in, working in a secular environment, but how much do you have to offer a council estate with your years of godly wisdom? to present what it looks like to be a godly, mature man or wife. Sorry, man or woman. For those of you who are looking to go to seminary, who hope to get a degree at the end of your biblical training, are you willing to sacrifice a degree and come and train at one of our churches to learn the same robust theological knowledge that you need to pastor a church, but to forsake the title of a degree or a master's and come and train and work alongside our local churches reaching out to the poor? Would you be willing to live, work and socialise on a housing estate or scheme to join a local church, to become a local church member, to spend your time living and loving the local community of a council estate or a scheme? Are you willing to come and join a church as a UK missionary and give up the title of pastor or youth worker or woman's worker and just go and move and learn and be trained by people of housing estates. If we want to see the gospel taken to the people who are being neglected with the gospel, we need to take personal risks. And that may involve sacrificing things that we see important for the sake of the lost and for Jesus Christ. If you are wanting to take a personal risk, then me, myself, and Mez, and, and dozens of church planters in Scotland and across the north of England would love to hear from you. New Life Church is tiny. We have 11 members. 
But every week we're reaching at least 70 adults and children through our daily mission and outreach in the local community. Jesus says that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into this harvest field. We are asking the Lord for workers, and we're asking you, the UK church, to send workers to us, because the harvest is plentiful, but our workers are also, sadly, very few and far between. We need workers, we need people willing to sacrifice for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of the lost. We need people who are willing to give up the being in a town that is close to a theatre or the best pubs or the, the, the best coffee shops and the best schools and come and be blessed not by what the world offers, but come and be blessed by being workers for a harvest that is plentiful in Middlesbrough, in council estates in Scotland and across the whole of the UK. We also need to take risks at local church level. We need to be able to take risks and start developing diverse teams. We need to be looking to employ gospel workers from our local communities. The local church needs to admit that our outreach is not fit for purpose. We need to stop sharing our shopping and we need to start sharing our homes and our lives with the communities that we're trying to reach. Just putting a few tins a week in a food bank isn't what's going to take the gospel to people in our communities. That's fine if you want to share your food, that's awesome. But it's not enough if you're not sharing your life and your home with them as well. We need to be appointing indigenous workers. We need to be appointing people as elders and pastors and gospel workers based on biblical standards, not secular academic standards. We need to be investing in people's future potential rather than seeking ready-made workers. And this is going to involve spending time, it's going to involve spending money and effort in training people who might let us down, who might fail. I'm blessed that we've got two female gospel workers here. We've lost the other three that we've invested to. They've, they've fell back and struggled with sin and, and, and gone back in the world. But if we did just give up when the first one failed, and then the second one failed, and then the third one failed, then we wouldn't have Shell and Lauren with us today. We'd have missed out on two diamonds that God has provided for us. Because if we get put off from investing time and effort and give up when we struggle, then we're going to miss out on the, on the blessings that God has before us if we're just only willing to invest our time and effort and be willing to fail for the sake of the gospel and the sake of the lost. As a local church, we've got to be willing to fail. You see, if we don't stop sharing our shopping and start sharing our lives, we're not going to see any change in our communities. It's easy to spend a couple of hours a week giving someone a bacon butty and a food parcel and tell them about the gospel and then them to go... What's hard is having somebody turn up at 3 o'clock in the morning screaming because they're full of drink and drugs and feeling bad about something they've just done. What's hard is having, investing your life into people, seeing them be blessed by God, be free from addictions only to go back into addiction and overdose on heroin. What's hard is when you open up to your home and treat somebody like a son only for them to rob off you and end up back in jail. 
What's hard is when you invest your life and love them and invite them into your family and the friends who rip your head off. What's what, what is worth the risk is when we see people like Mez, people like me, people like Shell and Lauren and countless other workers, people like Tasha here and Sam, people like half the students on the Ragged School of Theology who don't throw that back in your face, who are uh, in love with Jesus, who then replicate what we've done with them because we're only replicating what has been done with us. Mez was invited into a home. The reason Mez succeeded was the love and the risk that was spent on him. The reason I'm succeeding is because of the love and the risk that was spent on me. Jesus gave up heaven. Jesus gave up his majesty. Jesus gave up his life. We need to be willing to do the same. We need to give up our comfort for the sake of the gospel and the sake of the lost. You see, we get excited when somebody listens to us talk about Jesus for 10 minutes in the food banks or takes a tract off us. But what we need to remember is that if it stops there, that fellow's going to go on to the drugs counsellor and he listened to the drugs counsellor talk about healthy eating as long as he gets his methadone. He'll then listen to the person in the job centre talk about getting a job and he'll say all the right things and look really, really interested and then he'll get his dole and then he'll do one. The fact is, desperate people will listen to anything just to get what they want. We need to do more than spend 10 minutes telling people about the gospel. We need to give people, the li- give people our lives and show the gospel being worked out in our lives on a day-to-day basis. And we need to take risks on a national strategic level. That means the networks and denominations and seminaries and funders need to start taking risks. They need to use their national influence to start generating change. They need to start taking risks by inviting pastors and gospel workers from communities like ours, indigenous workers. They need to invite us to come and share about our experience and knowledge, and they need to be willing to learn from us. We need to be involved and be leading strategy and mission to the poor. Who better to tell you how to reach the poor than the poor themselves? And it's awesome hearing about the funding that the FIC is giving out and other organisations that are giving out. But we need to be involved in the administration of that as well. Who better to tell you where the most deserving areas are, where the most needy areas are, than the people who are living and ministering in those areas to start with. We need to see development, training and assessment for indigenous workers being led and delivered by indigenous workers like the Ragged School of Theology, like Acts 29 Church in Hard Places. We need to stop assessing people by what seminary they went to, who the granddad was, who, what church they left, what qualification they've got. We are too many. I, I, I sat and I spoke to a guy when I was talking about church planting. And when he left the conversation, he was told me now he was going to meet some special individuals down in London. As if I wasn't. He didn't say, look, I'm, I'm leaving the scruff who's all right to plant the church in Middlesbrough to go mo- to meet with the movers and shakers in London. But he made it quite clear that's what he was thinking. We need to stop assessing people on the secular and academic ability and assess people on their godly ability. We need to be willing to fund churches in deprived areas long term based on gospel need, not numerical growth. 
We are five years in to New Life Middlesbrough, and we are smaller than we were when we started five years ago. That looks like failure to some, but to the gospel, we are still succeeding. We weren't called to grow a church of 200 people. We were called to go and preach the gospel to a people group that aren't being reached. Success is not measured on number. Success is faithfulness to the gospel. Success is faithfulness to Jesus and a desire to reach those who are not being reached. If Paul was being assessed on his success, people would have stripped him from funding as soon as he got locked up. If we want serious national change, we need to stop consulting the working class. We need to start being led by them. Strategy for mission to the working class needs to be shaped by the people who we are trying to reach. Shaped by the people who know the culture best. We need to invite the working class to speak at conferences, not just about the working class, not just about the poor, not just to give their testimony or tell you how hard it is to do their type of ministry, but invite them to speak on doctrine, invite them to preach, Invite them to be part of God's multifaceted, multifaceted wisdom. You see, our preaching is stagnant. We have one style of preaching delivered by one style of preacher. We're churning out the same person where they go to Bible college and they have the personality kicked out of them and they just create clones. It's unbelievable. When I first started preaching, I went to a church with my wife and I thought I'd done smashing. I was like, oh, I've smashed that. And I was waiting for my wife to tell me how awesome I was. And I was traveling 30 miles from Sunderland to Middlesbrough, waiting for her to tell me how good I was. And in the end, I, I had to prize it out of her. I said, what did you think of the sermon? She said, well, to be honest, I didn't have a clue what you were talking about. And while I'm at it, why are you wearing a brown jacket and a brown tie? You look like a boffin. <laughs> you see, I'd got some fantastic theological training but during that process, I assimilated. I became like and wanted to impress the people who were teaching me. I'd become a clone. Well, not quite a clone. I was, still looked a bit different. <laughs> but I was trying my best to be like the people who had taught me. I'd lost my personality. My wife's middle class, my wife's been to university, but she couldn't understand half the theological terms I was using. We need to take risks. We need to invite people who preach differently. As long as theologically sound, we need to invite people to come and preach at places like the Hub Conference, at Acts 29 conferences, any conference that we're doing. We need to have different faces, different styles and different personalities preaching at these conferences. Comedians, black comedians were inspired by Lenny Henry, not because he was a good comedian, but because he was a black comedian. Lots of young Black comedians grew up seeing him and they recognised the face that was like theirs. They recognised a man who knew their culture, who spoke like them, who talked like them, who looked like them. And they were inspired. They saw him and thought, I too can be a comedian. Lenny Henry broke the ground for black comedians. And in a similar way, we need preachers, pastors, gospel workers to do the same thing. The more working class people we see in our pews and in our pulpits and at our conferences and in our leadership, the more working class people will be inspired to do the same thing. Because what we're saying at the moment is, there's a place for you in the pews, but there's not a place for you on the pulpit. Look, I'm, I'm running out of time now. There's so much more I'd love to say 
Well, get yourself along to the 20 Schemes Weekender, the 2nd to the 4th of November in Nidri Community Church in uh, Scotland, and you can find out so much more. Get in touch with us at 20 Schemes and Medhurst Ministries. Quickly tell you about Medhurst Ministries. We're a new 20 Schemes ripoff, but for the north of England instead of uh, Scotland. We're not trying to recreate the real. We're trying to replicate what Mez is doing in Scotland for the north of England. Northwest, northeast, Yorkshire. That's what we're aiming to do, to provide funding, church planting, and training for people who are wanting to reach the council estate of the north of England. We need your help. We need your funding. We need your support. We need your prayers. We need your people. We need people to come and join us, reach the people who are not getting reached. We need people to take risks. We need people to take risks and come and join us for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of the lost. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you and we praise you. And uh, I just pray, Lord, that some of these things that we're discussing, Lord, are from man, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, the stuff that is from us, Lord, will be forgotten. But I pray that none of us forget the gospel. None of us forget your wisdom. Your wisdom about bringing people groups who were separated by pride brought together through the gospel. United with you. United by your son Jesus on the cross. And united with one another. Let's pray that we see all these changes made locally nationally and in our own hearts, which is most importantly. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.